Welcome to On The Bounce, where we discuss resilience and its practical application in our lives. Together, we'll discover the tools needed to empower ourselves, develop positive thoughts, and accomplish our goals to become the best versions of ourselves. Hello, On The Bounce listeners, and welcome to another exciting episode of On The Bounce. I am extremely excited to have this episode today. We have a motivational speaker, an author, uh, an inspirer. That is on our show today, and um, I am really just going to let Art start, and I would like to introduce you all to Art Rios, and Art, thank you so much for taking the time and being on this uh, show. No, it's my pleasure, Samara. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our talk. Uh, been waiting for it actually over the weekend. Uh, real excited, real excited, and uh, and I just can't wait for us uh, to chat and, and hopefully all your listeners will, will enjoy our little conversation as well. Cause obviously that's, that's what it's all about. Making sure everybody has a good time and ho- maybe learn a thing or two and laugh a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, you know, I just wanted to take an opportunity to share how we met. And I think that since COVID, uh, there's been so many ways that people have become innovated as far yeah. as how, would they, how are their, how are they connecting and, uh, connecting with others and how are we getting the word and the message across and social media has really been just a great platform for individuals to connect. And that is, uh, that is how we were able to meet through social media uh, and using those, using those resources positively. Mm -hmm. So I am so excited that we've been able to cross paths and we've been able to have this uh, opportunity. So I'm going to give you the floor and give you an opportunity to talk about who you are and what you do. Well, sure. I, I, uh, I'm a lawyer by trade, but I've all my life I've always said I've, I've kind of been a lover of people. I, I, I really, I'm really uh, attracted to building relationships, friendships uh, with people. Uh, at, when I was younger, I was always somebody that people would seek out. You know, somebody that that you could talk to um, because I sincerely and genuinely care about people. I think that 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 uh, we're on this planet to help each other. So. Actually, you were talking about the pandemic. I've, I've been wanting to write for quite a long time, just never found the time. I mean, that's an excuse we always make, you know, that I don't have time. But yeah, uh, but the reality is there's there's a lot of time in a day. And uh, and when the pandemic hit, I, I just couldn't help but, but use that as an excuse anymore. And then I finally found the time to start writing. I loved every minute of it. You know, I wrote a book. It's called Let's Talk. And then it, it's really done super well. I already have two more books. Uh, once completely uh, completed, just uh, about to publish it. Another one that I'm working on. I love to do a lot of speaking uh, conferences, lectures. It's so much fun. But I'm somebody that also likes to hear from people because my my whole my whole I guess the whole cornerstone of of my message is that we have to talk to each other, and it, you know it doesn't necessarily have to be face to face. That's why I think that that all these new platforms are wonderful. Because we have an opportunity to to really reach out to maybe you know thousands and thousands of people with whatever our, our messages may be, and then they can either accept the message or not. I, I've been honored and blessed with the amount of of people that that are following me on Facebook, but it's wonderful because then you can have a two way conversation. You know, the problem when you write a book is it's really 
just a one-sided conversation. And in my book, I, I, I give out my email quite a few times. And, and you know, my publisher and the editor are saying, you're crazy. You're going to get bombarded with emails. But that's the whole point, to start two-sided conversations. And I've had, I've had some some emails, you know, where people are telling me I'm an idiot and, and they might be right. I don't know. And But a lot of them are very constructive, very positive. And at, on my new book, I'll tell you, a lot of ideas have come from readers that have said, I would love to hear your take on this or on that. But that's something that if we didn't have, you know, the social media platforms, it would be very, very difficult to be able to accomplish. So, you know, I'm all about having conversations with each other. It doesn't really matter the, the medium that we use. And it's not just about talking. It's also about listening, you know, listening to the other person. Why are we having the conversation and usually making sure that you don't try to control or dominate the conversation and try to be there for the other person. So again, it's not just about talking, it's about listening as well. But you know, the, the point of my book, uh, it's, I said, it's called Let's Talk with the subtitle. It's Let's Talk About Making Your Life Exciting, Easier and Exceptional. Because one of the things that I've found that in, in, especially in modern society, I think we're so caught up in, in our responsibilities and our jobs and our tasks that we forget to live, you know? And, and one of the things that I'm always talking about is the day has 24 hours, right? I mean, it, it's just the universe created it perfectly because we have eight hours to work. We have eight hours to sleep, but then we have eight hours to enjoy life every single day. And for some reason, we forget that. So I'm, I'm in no way uh, preaching that you ditch your responsibilities or anything like that because we can't. You know, actually, if you want to enjoy life, you probably have to work to be able to afford some of the uh, some of the, the, the luxuries that life has. But I'm, I'm about making sure that it's all balanced and that we don't. We don't put off enjoying life, you know, until it, maybe it's too late or it doesn't make any any sense to put it off. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. The the uh, I would say the hallmarks of of what I always talk about. Uh, for me, gratitude is the most important thing in life. Being a grateful person uh, in both good times and bad times. And when I was writing the book, there's two chapters in there. I call them talks in the book, um, but there's two talks in there. One is on gratitude, and the other is on kindness. And I really had a tough time deciding which I thought was most important because I think that they really go hand in hand. But I got to tell you, gratitude, you know, one out maybe by a hair. Um, but if you kind of start your day or, or, or live each day for, from a gratitude standpoint, again, no matter how bad things may be, um, I, you, you can't help but but have a good life. And if you're being kind to others, it all comes back to you. So. That's it in a very long-winded way, uh, sort of where, where I'm coming from, what I'm all about. And, and, uh, and, and again, if anything, how grateful I am that, that not just the book, but the message and all that is getting out there. And I'm making a lot of great friends along the way. Wow. Wow. You know, I really appreciate and just really um, connect to so much what you said. And I really mm -hmm. want to take an opportunity to just kind of go back to some of the highlights that you sure. mentioned. But before we do that, I want to start the conversation by asking you, what does resilience mean to you? I think resilience, the problem with resilience is that I see it as a car. Mm. And the problem is how, how, how do you, how do you um, feed the engine? Because, I mean, I can't say with gasoline anymore because, you know, I drive an electric car now. So, I mean, but how do you charge up the engine? Because the resilience depends on, on how you feed your spirit, on, on how you feed your desire to go on. 
because I mean, resilience is, is, if it's anything, it actually goes back to the whole gratitude issue is being tough in, in, in the hard times, you know, and remembering that in good times, you know, it, it's not going to last. So to me is how, how you feed that engine. Uh, is it what motivates you? What reasons do you have resilient? You know, do you have to be resilient because you have a family to maintain? Do you have to do you have to be resilient because of, of your morals or whatever it is that, that you're doing in life or, or the ethics that, that guide you? So, I mean, resilience, it's a really broad concept, but it's if anything, it's about being being tough, being strong and making sure that you do things uh, no matter how difficult the odds may be. The problem also with, with resilience, Samira, is that I think it kind of gets a, a bum rap because for some reason when you hear the word, it, it, it's like people think it's, it's a synonym for being tough or edgy and, and pardon the, the word, but hard-assed, you know. And I don't think that's got anything to do with it at all. You know, being resilient is, is just being able um, to take the, the curves that life will throw at you. And I'm going to tell you, I've also found because, you know, my life has been and I write about them in the book, you know, I've had my peaks and valleys. And I think that you have to be resilient when things are going very well. So you don't go crazy and 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 you kind of hold back a little bit and, and you do, you know, maybe you save a little bit or or keep something in reserve in the tech and not necessarily money. It could be energy projects, whatever, um, you know, when the, when times are good. So when times are a little bit tougher, you've saved that up or, or you know that that it's going to pass. So it's a matter of how, you know, again, it gets a bum rap, the word. I think it's a wonderful word. I think it's a very strong word. And I think that every human being in the world is resilient. The problem is that maybe, you know, the, the upbringings are different and, and how 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 kids are brought up, um, whether, you know, they learn or, or they're allowed to be resilient makes a huge difference but again i think it, it's just it's it's a it's a car and how you feed it it depends on how well that car is going to perform you know what what gasoline or what electricity you put in um and and, and those that fuel could be motivation uh could be inspiration it could be your faith of course um but if anything i think it's also you know your desire and and to to make sure that whatever you feel is your task uh, here on Earth, that that you that you fulfill it. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you, and, and on my wall, I have big letters that says "Help and Inspire People," um, because that's kind of what I'm about, and that makes me resilient. Because especially when you know, in, in my in my other hat as a lawyer that I wear, uh, that's what I'm doing. Is I have to be resilient when others can't be, or, or, or others can't don't know how to be resilient in their legal situation. So it's kind of my job to be resilient. But again, in a very long-winded way, I think that resilience is defined by by what motivates you, what drives you, and and the the more enthused or the more in tune you are with whatever your your goals or whatever you think your purpose in life is, the more resilient you will be. Because again, it's that faith in in your cause um, that's going to drive your resilience and make you very strong. Wow. I tell you what, I love the analogy that you have about charge your engine. It's how you charge your engine, how you feed your engine. And I think it's so relatable, right? Because at the end of the day, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of different cars, right? Right. And each one of them, it doesn't matter how, if it's on the high end or on the low end, you can have a car in the low end, but if you take care of it, then it's going to outperform or outlast probably the higher, the higher end car. So I love that analogy because it's 
Yeah, it's relatable and it everyone is able to understand and recognize that it takes it's going to take effort. You just can't have right. you just can't have this car and not expect right. to maintain or do anything. It's the same with your resilience. Resilience is, yeah. is is going to take work on your part. It's going to take that that ability to recognize when to slow down, when to go fast, you know, right. and just kind of know right. what what best works for for you and right. based off of your situation and only you can determine that right sure absolutely yeah, yeah i and love I, that it, it, it's funny because you mentioned the, the the issue about cars and i i talk a lot about that in the book as well because i say look it, it's okay to want to have you know nice things or to want things just don't want and buy everything yeah you know um, it, it, if you want to give yourself, you know, whatever it is that you need to splurge on, that's fine. But there have to be, you know, there have to be balances in the other end. Just to give you a quick analogy, because it, it just happened this weekend. Uh, my sister just turned 50 this weekend and we, we had a big celebration for it. And I'm sitting at a table and and the, with, with a few guys having drinks and they're all talking about their watches right and you know one of them had a, a watch that was ridiculously expensive and apparently everybody you know they were all talking about their watches and you know it came my turn and i said all right guys um what time do all of you have right and you know pretty much let's say i don't know let's say it was 10 30 just for uh-huh. the sake of argument and i said well you know i i God bless your watches, but I have a Timex and it also says it's 1030. Okay? <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, I, I might I might rather spend the money that they spend on those watches on a trip. Or I'm also a big believer in in, in giving and in, 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 in charity because and and I always say this, but I always say it with a grain of salt because I, it, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I always say that it's very good to be charitable because everything you give comes back to you tenfold. But that may that kind of sounds greedy. That's not the point because it's not necessarily money. You know, it, it could be could be health. It could be you know blessings of other sorts. So you know, however you want to spend your money, that's that's cool. But like you just said, a car. You know, if if you want to get there in a bit more luxury, you know, that's fine. But at the end of the day, it's going to be four wheels that get you to your destination. But whatever whatever rocks your boat, and, and it's also important not to. Not to judge others if that's what they what they like, they like. I was trying to make a point, you know, during that conversation about the watches. And everybody just kind of, it's funny because I figured that they would just laugh immediately. But no, it, every one of them took it up like five or six seconds and they thought about it. Mm. And then they laughed or made a comment. But it's like, that's right. This guy, you know, spent 30 bucks on this Timex and I spent, you know, 20 grand on a watch, which to me is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, there's people starving in the world, right? So. <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with that. But, but, but anyway, back to your point, you're right. You know, it's, it's how you choose to, to make the journey and what equipment you Mm -hmm. decide to use. And, and that choice is yours. I mean, we're also vested with gifts because I think that everybody, everybody has unique gifts. And and that's another chapter in my book. It's about being yourself and accepting yourself, you know? Um, But you just have to, you know, use the vehicle that you have, but it's going to get you there. It's going to get you there. You just have to have faith and fuel it, uh, you know, correctly, because again, no matter how expensive the car is, assuming it's a gasoline car or, or how inexpensive it is, they both need gasoline, you know? So it, it, it's, it's a matter of personal preference and, and being cool with whatever it is that, that you're doing. Yeah. I think, I think that is such a good point is that recognizing that not every, not everybody's going to fit the same bill. No. 
and and, it, right. and it's okay. There's nothing yes. wrong. That that's what makes this world so unique, so amazing. Exactly. Is that exactly. everyone has a something unique, and it requires a unique approach for that individual. And I Precisely. love, I love that you uh, you you highlight that and be okay with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. You have yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. How many times have you been? I, I mean, I don't know. It's probably happened to you, but that you're speaking with somebody that, you know, that maybe doesn't have the the, the most important job in the world, but they give you nuggets of wisdom that yes. you go, wow, jeez, yes. you know, and, and sometimes, um, you know, you're, you're and, and actually I have a story in my book. This actually happened to me and I had probably one of the worst days of my life. And I and I came across a derelict you know, gentlemen, and it wasn't a day where I, I really needed to be generous, but I figured I got to help this guy out. And, you know, he, he turns around and says, God bless you. But I, I swear to God, it was like an angel telling me that it's like, wow. he, was, he was sent, you know, he was sent for a reason. Mm. So you never know where your nuggets or pearls of wisdom are going to come from. And, and if I have two daughters and I've always taught them, you know, you treat everybody the same. I don't care if it's the president of the United States or the gentleman that has to, you know, the clean the office at night, you treat everybody with the same respect, the same dignity, and you listen to them as well, because you, you'd you be shocked, you know, at, at what some people will tell you, what you learn from them, or what they'll do, you know, um, we're all the same, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and, and we have to respect and, and, and trust each other and love each other, because we're human, you know, yeah. uh, and, and again, at, I, maybe I'm too optimistic, but I've never lost faith in, in the human race that are, you know, there are days when you go, okay, wow. But at the end of the day, the, the problem is we are, and, and you were dis discussing social media at the beginning. Um, the problem I think is that, yeah, you turn on the news and all that, and it's all negative, it's all bad. But if it's, I think it's because if they, if they were going to cover the positive and the good things that happen daily, there wouldn't be enough time in the day you know, or coverage, because I know, I know that there's kindness out there. And I know that there are people taking care of each other out there and loving each other and being good neighbors. We just don't hear about it because it doesn't sell as much, but there's no doubt that it happens. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can look to your left and to your right and right. you see it every day. I mean, being kind is actually normal, you know, yeah, and it's, right. it's something that sometimes we take for granted, but yes. acts of act of kindness is just, right. you know, it's you, it, you simply do that by saying hello. Thank it's you. Our default. It's you our know, default. exactly. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. And I agree with you even more. I want to go back on to the point of communication. And I think mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you, you hit on so many nuggets earlier when you mentioned it's not only the ability to communicate and to say what you, what you want to say, but also to receive and to listen. Right. And, right. you know, and I think that, um, the, the beauty in social media is that having that platform to connect right. to so many people at the same time, mm -hmm. right? But there's also the other end of it is that you lose that ability to um, receive and to also yeah. listen, you know, right. and I think that um, it's really important that we take the time to recognize that it, it in order to have that effective communication, it takes Two. It takes both. It takes the Absolutely. listening and it takes the communicate the communicating. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you highlight that because I think that is a huge part in one, a lot of misunderstandings is the lack right. of communication. Absolutely. And I think that if we were to we were to take the time to pause and to really have those effective communications and those effective listening skills, so right. many issues would be resolved by just taking I mean, the time. 
Think and I know it. you see you see it in what you do. Oh gosh, yeah. But I mean, think about it. We're made with two ears and one mouth. Yes. Don't you think that we're? That, I mean, we're God or the universe is telling us something. It's like listen more than you speak because yes. that's the, the way we were built. Um, and yeah, the the problem also is that for some reason, you know, you know, maybe it is human nature, but or our egos. You know, we just want to make sure that we get our point across. But I have, I'll tell you, I've never learned anything while I was speaking. Mm. Uh, everything I've learned in life, I've learned by listening, right? And in a conversation, if 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 you want it to be effective, that's what you want to make sure. First of all, you know what the conversation is all about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and, and and I don't I don't mean to be political because I'm not. I'm very apolitical actually. I, I try not to I, I always try to find the best and, and that's who I go with. But and, and and I and I don't want to put anybody off, but when when you look at our our two precedents, you know, the previous one we had and the one we had now, you know, the I would always notice that President Trump would cut off people in conversations and try to and, and answer. But sometimes he wasn't answering what he was being asked, you mm. know, or or maybe, you know, and again, not to bash the guy, but maybe he was being overprotective and all that. Whereas with President Biden now, you see him listen, think, which is what we should do and then answer. Um, and, and I think that again, that, that you have such a, such a difference in styles and I'm not saying that one is more effective than the other, but it, it's what I'm talking about is that I think that you need to listen first, you know, and you don't have to agree with what you're being told. That's fine. But listen to make sure what it is that you're going to answer. Uh, and again, and you might learn something along the way, um, because we're just too quick uh, too quick to answer and too quick to to get our, our opinions across. I was actually uh, reading a book by Mark Twain this weekend, and I, I laughed so hard because the quote, it went something like this. It was like, it's better to keep your mouth shut and seem stupid than to open your mouth and erase all doubt. You're really stupid. Um, so I, I think it's truly important. And what I like about social media is that, you know, especially when it's not like you and I are, are talking live, but when, you know, when you have to type stuff back and all that, at least in theory, it does give you a chance um, to think about your reply uh, and, and to kind of really get a better grasp of the, of the conversation. Although to me, there's nothing better than, than face-to-face dialogue. I, I think you can't beat that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I could not agree with you even more. And I love how you... Um, you, when you talk about your book, how you talk about in talks in different, uh, in Mm -hmm. different sections. And I think, I think it's important. I I, I like, I love that idea is because it's almost like, all right, let's read and now let's talk about it. Right. Right. So it's like having that internal conversation with yourself and to ask yourself those very thought provoking questions to lead to uh, authentic change. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, wow. And, and you just hit on something that's super important for me because the the problem that I've always had with motivational books, self-help books, and I probably read them all, you know, <laughs> it's that it's always a system, you mm. know, and, and, and you just said something that, that just really hits the spot because it's like, okay, so this is step one in the system. Then this is step two, this is step three, and you've got to do all these and then you'll be some sort of superhuman or something and walk with yourself <laughs> and all that. You know, but it's complicated. All I want, because um, in my book, none of my talks 
build on each other. Mm. You know, all a, a separate theme. And the way that I, I I tell people that they should use the book. Look, you might love talk number one, and you might disagree completely with talk number five. That's fine. Just don't don't implement. You know, talk number five. It's like when you have a quiver of arrows. Just put whatever arrows you want in your quiver, because I'm not I'm not I, I'm not telling anybody this is a system. This is the way you have to mm. live your life. I'm just getting you to think about it. And for example, going back to the gratitude issue, I'm just getting you to think about it. And and it's funny because that chapter and the other chapter, which which I think is hilarious, have been the one, the two that people really talk about a lot. Um, but I just want you to think about it. And the way that I actually write is that I don't write. I, I do a little outline and I record, you know, so I'm actually talking and then I go back, you know, and you edit to make sure that it's readable and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's why when people read it, it does seem conversational because it was, I, I'm having a conversation and I'll actually picture having somebody in front of me like you and I, I can see you now. And that makes it easier for me to make it, make it conversation because that's what I really I really want to do it. People read the talk and go, yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And it's like we sat down, had a glass of wine and, and had a chat about whatever the issue, you know, whatever the topic may be. And then you walk away saying, oh, gosh, that makes sense. You know, that's something I, I, I should keep in mind. Or, you know, like I say in the book, you know, art's an idiot on this one, but I'm not going to listen to that one, <laughs> which is fine. It's cool, you know, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't want to be anybody's guru. I'd love to be everybody's friend. Honestly, it's just a matter of sharing conversations. Um, but it's funny because in the book, the two chapters and the two talks that I really get a lot of feedback on, the one is on gratitude is, is huge. There's one on racism that I get a lot of feedback about, and it's very positive. The problem is that I wish I had written it, but I didn't. It was mm. actually yeah, during the pandemic when we had all these horrible situations with George Floyd and all that. And my daughter tells me, hey, dad, I, I need your help on something. And actually, I was thinking of writing a chapter about it because it really, you know, everything that happened really bothered me. And then my daughter, uh, she, yeah, she, they're both in school now, but during the pandemic, they had to come home. She goes, dad, I want you to help me with something. Sure. She goes, can you edit a letter for me? I said, yeah, sure. So what she did is she wrote a letter to our family talking about racism, how it has to end now, you know, it's enough. And what she was saying is, look, I'm not an influencer. I'm not somebody that that can move thousands. But if I can make my family understands that this needs to end, that it's wrong, that's as much as I can do for the, you know, with the people that I love. So that's a chapter that's really struck a chord. But I actually just said, hey, this is a letter my, my daughter wrote. And and that's the chapter, um, and it's hit a, a lot of positive notes. But the uh, but the one on gratitude. But there's one that I always laugh because with every interview, somebody will ask me about this chapter, and it's on happy hour, right? <laughs> okay. No, no, no. But it's the thing is, it's not happy hour like the modern happy hour where you know you for two dollars you buy eighty five beers. That that is not <laughs> it. You know, and, and it's not about getting splattered or smashed. I, I think, and but it's really it's really resonated with people. It's about. You finish your day and you and I were just talking about, you know, the eight hours of work, eight hours of play, eight hours of sleep. You know, you finish your work day and then you have that happy hour. It's my transition. And I mean, I'm, I'm talking about having a drink or two or it doesn't have to be drink. It can be coffee or tea, but just sitting down for an hour and just, you know, letting the words slide by. You don't have to listen to the news. You know, I actually like to turn off my phone. And for that and for that minute, you just enjoy relaxing and kind of transitioning into the the fun part of the day and so it's like happy hour in the old days you know people would come home have a martini then have dinner and and relax um and and i think that that has really cut on because not because of the actual act of the happy hour but the idea that 
hey, wait a minute, that's right. You can't be, you know, connected online 24-7. There has to be a break and just taking that little hour to transition to the day. I don't know. It, it's really it's really uh, hit a positive tone with a lot of people. So I guess I, I hope I'm not, you know, starting a, a, a bad move. I think it's actually very positive. No, but you're absolutely right. I think that that is, I mean, just for mental capacity and your, your bandwidth, there has to yes. be that recharge. There has right, to be absolutely. that reset. And if yep. you if you continue to just have your day just keep going on the same rhythm, that you same can. momentum, you're going to burn out. Absolutely. You're going to you're going to burn out. And I think that, you know, it falls in line with the whole uh you know, uh being resilient, right? And right. learning how to fuel your engine. This, right. This is that time where you have to decide, okay, what is it that I need so I can be at my best tomorrow, later? Because if you don't, then guess what? Your sleep is affected. Your mood is affected. I mean, everything, everything is effective. So if you don't take, and you know, happy hour is just a small ask. Right. (laughs) It is. It really is. Small ask. And I love like when you, when you broke it down in those eight hours, like I felt like, my goodness, I am managing my time poorly. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that on my right. end. You know, I go from work to sleep and like right. I don't recognize those additional eight right. hours in between, right. you know, so, you know, that is such a great movement to, to, um, you know, I don't know if you actually, you should probably start hashtagging that. And uh-huh. yeah. no, I'm so serious, you know, no, no, just no, 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 to- no, you're right. And, and if you knew how many messages I get on Facebook and all that, and it's art. It's happy hour, you know. Yeah. And again, it's it's not. I, I'm, I'm. I don't want to turn my readers in, into alcoholics because I, I've had people <laughs> tell me, you know, I'm having a happy hour at Starbucks with my best friend. I had a couple tell me that what they did is they their happy hour is that they turn off their phones and they go for a walk mm-hmm. for 34 minutes, and they're killing two birds with one stone there because then they're getting outside, they're exercising, or three birds. Yeah. But they're breaking their day down. But to go back to your resilience analogy. Look, uh, and if we use the car analogy, a car has a lot of moving parts. It's not just mm-hmm. the gasoline. It's the oil you put on it. You know, you make sure that the tires, are, uh, the air pressure yep. is perfect. So taking that break and just just kind of logging off for for a little bit is great. I'm a huge, huge Ernest Hemingway fan. He's my favorite author. You know, the only thing I don't like about Hemingway is, is the way he ended his life. You know, actually... Mm-hmm. There's a there's a chapter in my new book. I, it's called Hemingway's Folly, mm. and and it's actually about mental health. and And I I don't understand why you know we go. I do it twice a year. We go in you know for our physical every year. The doctor checks your heart, your you know your lungs. Everything's great. Your blood, okay. But how often do we go in to get our 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 brains checked? You know mm. our emotional health checked. Yeah. And, and and the point of that chapter was look you should be seeing, you know, a psychiatrist or a psychologist once or twice a year, you know, just to make sure that, that everything's okay. And sometimes it's just to have somebody to talk to and, you know, um, release the tension. So back to Hemingway, you know, I, I just, just, it's sad that he was such a strong macho guy, but didn't, wasn't macho enough to, to address the mental health issues that he had. And, and he wound up taking his own life. But the point with Hemingway, is that he was very disciplined in his writing. You know, people, when you, when you mention Ernest Hemingway, people talk about, think about drinking, hunting, women, fishing, all that stuff, but they forget that he was probably one of the most prolific American authors or, or authors in history, but he was very disciplined in the way he worked. I mean, he got up at the crack of dawn every day 
and rode until noon. Now, when noon came, he had a saying, which again, this one I'm not proposing to anybody, but it, it makes the point. His saying was, done by noon, drunk by three, right? <laughs> but again, I'm not, I'm not espousing that, but the point is I'm done by noon and then I'm going to enjoy the rest of the day. But he mentioned that he did it because that break when he finished at noon, he was doing something else, but your subconscious mind is going to keep working on whatever, you know, wherever you stop your day's work. One thing that I love to do, for example, is I love to get up in the morning and write it. I really enjoy that. But then, you know, I, I still have my practice, which, which I love. But before I go to bed, what I'll do before I, you know, turn off the light is I'll edit the morning's writing. And the only reason why I do it is because I'm going to go to sleep, but my mind's going to keep working on that editing. So the next morning I wake up and, and it's fresh and, and maybe during the night, you know, your, your brain keeps going um, and, and you're, and you come up with ideas. So the idea going again, very long winded, going back to the happy hour concept is that you stop there. It doesn't necessarily mean that you, you know, that the world goes to heck and you don't care about anything, but you take that break, you log off, you know, the, the, the technology goes off for a while, you know, you kind of decompress and I really do believe, and this isn't science or anything, it's just my belief because I've, I've made scientific studies into this, but I do believe your subconscious will keep working oh, yeah. on, on what you want to. And then, as you mentioned, you know, if you do this, you're going to sleep well and you're taking care of, of your machine and you wake up the next morning when it's time for those eight hours of work, you're going to be refreshed. Your mind is going to be clear. And not only that, you know, it, it kind of brings home why you work. I mean, you know, you work hard. I, I'm also a big proponent that, you know, and, and this is a, a, a Roosevelt quote, that when you play, you play hard. And when you work, you don't play at all. You know, mm. so eight hours of work, you should, you should be focused. The problem is that, that we have a lot of distractions. But if you put in eight hours, you know, you're going to be pretty exhausted and mentally and, and you'll be ready to take a break. But it also... It also foments and, and shows you why did I just spend eight hours working? Why did I just work so hard? Well, this is why. This is the reward. I'm going to go out for a walk. I'm going to have a happy hour. I'm going to go fishing. You know, whatever you like. I'm going to go paint and I'm going to go to the gym. Whatever people enjoy. But it's the work that allows you to have those pleasures. But 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 reminding yourself every day and and, and allowing yourself the pleasures every single day makes more sense than to, you know, work, work, work and say, oh, well, when I'm 65 or 70, I'll retire, then I'll enjoy life. But it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it really doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't because life is happening today. Right. It's right. Happen yeah, it's, it's the present. That's your gift mm -hmm. to yourself and enjoy it. Live it yeah. and be, right. be, be present in the moment. Right. And yeah. the word itself, present, yeah. it's an in for a gift. Yeah. I mean, the present is a gift. It's a, it's a gift we're given every single day to enjoy. Yeah. And I think that that's what we we have to do. And again, I can't say enough. You never shun your responsibilities. But when you when, when it's quitting time, it's quitting time, sincerely. And then, you know, enjoy life. Yeah. I had one of my uh, good friends who said something that you'll never hear anyone say is men, uh, you know, I really, you know, I really wish I can get some more time at work, you know? Right. <laughs> right. No, 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 actually, you just, you just, uh, I had a quote in my book that, that it, I, and I say, you know, I, I don't want any of my readers on their deathbed to go, man, I should have spent more time at the office. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I want people, when, and, and, and not to be morbid, but I want yeah. people on their dying bed to say, 
I had a great life. You know, this yeah. was awesome. And, and, and I had a great run and not be sitting there wishing that, you know, oh, gosh, I really should have put in the extra three hours of work a day. No, that that's that's not the purpose. That's of not life. living. Yeah. No, that is not living. That's right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I love I love how you, uh, you know, you break that down. And like I said, it's I, I feel the energy and just the ability to just have the conversation going. And what I like about what I love about this is that these are not conversations to have one one day. No, no. Right. These are conversations that you are constantly going to have with yourself. You're going you're going to constantly right. ignite uh, other conversations with other people because right. as you start to really answer these questions and as you start to really, you know, um reflect. Mhm. It's going to transpire. It's going to inspire others no doubt. around no doubt. you. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And and I think that the, the problem or, or the reason why we've gotten into this rut and, and here in the United States is, you know, the reality is that we're a very young nation. We're a very young country. Right. And when you're young is when you work really hard and you have all this energy and all this bravado and, and you go, go, go. And I always equate that to the United States because we are very young and 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 and. For such a young country, look at what we've accomplished. You know, absolutely. Because, I mean, we're not we're not a perfect country, but there's still, to me, there isn't a greater country in the world. You know, mm-hmm. um, but then when you look at other countries, for example, I, I, whenever I go to Europe, I love I love the lifestyle because yes. you know they take their breaks at noon and you know they work and 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 they accomplish. But then at night, every night they're gonna go out and walk around the plaza, see friends, have a glass of wine, whatever. But they don't put off, you know, living it. And, and what's the old saying? You know, don't forget to live while you're making a living. Yes. Um, so I, I think that it's also part of where we are as a nation in our development. But now it's time that, we, that, that we, we are, you know, maturing more and more as a country. It's also time for us to say, hey, you know what? It's OK. I, I, I'm still going to work hard because we are go getters, you know, and that's what makes this country so, so great and so strong. We're go getters. Um, it's the American dream. But also we also have to start saying, yeah, that's cool. But it's okay to take a nap, you know, and it's okay to relax every day. And and as long as I get my work done to the best of my ability, I can't put off life, you know, living until until I retire. It's just that, you know, and, and actually I think that if you enjoy what you do, you'll never retire. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's important, you know, even for me. So we we have a 19-year-old and we were blessed with uh they will be three, uh our twins will be three and next week. Right. So, yeah. (laughs) So we definitely have that uh, appreciation to slow down and to be more present in the moment. And, you know, we definitely have to be more mindful about just how we are living in our lives, how we are, how we are spending our time, because um, we have people that are watching. We have little, we have little eyes that are constantly seeing what we're doing and how they're supposed to navigate their way through this world. And if anything, you know, if I, if I was to leave this, this planet, I want my, I want my daughters to know that I spent every moment present in that moment, you know, and that's the only thing I can do. That's the only, that's what I can control. Well, I'm going to tell you that you're, you're 19 year old. I have two girls. Uh, one's 21 going 22. The other one's 18 going to 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both off at school. I'm mega proud of them. But when they left, of course, you know, I was sad because I love my daughters immensely. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that I have no regrets. And this is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because while they were growing up, 
there wasn't a volleyball game that I missed. Mm. There wasn't my my oldest daughter is a, is a real athlete. My youngest daughter is in in drama and music, and she's a wonderful singer. You know, there wasn't a single uh, show that she was in that I missed. I and whenever they had something, I was there, and I don't regret it because even though I miss them immensely, mm-hmm. you know, I have so such great memories, and I, and I know that I was there. You know, when when parents should be, you know, to yes. cheer them on. And, and and there are times when they have defeats to tell them, hey, it's okay. You know, yeah. you win when you lose them. Um, so that's nothing, that's something that to me is magical. And it goes back to the point that I didn't say, well, I can't go to the volleyball game because I, I got to stay at work a couple more hours. You know, I mean, sure, there are times when you say, well, I'll, I'll take this home with me and finish it later tonight. And that's fine too, you know. Mm-hmm. Eight hours don't have to be straight. You can yeah. put them up however you want. Um, but it, I mean, it goes back to the regret issue. You don't want to, you know, finish your life or have your kids go off to school and you say, wow, I didn't really enjoy them. It went by so fast. I didn't realize. Um, and the reality is that and I love what you say, that that those little eyes are watching because children learn what they live. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. About it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about work and balance. Right. Because mm-hmm. I feel I feel like that is not something you just grow up or you just go to work one day and like, oh, I yeah. figured out this work life balance thing. Right. right. <laughs> so right. Let's talk about that journey for you. And, yeah. you know, because I'm because I'm even if there were lots of aha moments that you recognize uh-huh. on how to create that balance. Let's talk about that. I'm going to tell you, I, honestly, there was one thing that I did since I was young and it's it's silly, but that's what's made all the difference in my life. And I can't even tell you honestly how it started. Um, and that is that I think that the most useless thing and as far as time management or efficiency is a to-do list. I think that that is a complete <laughs> way. Now it doesn't mean that you don't have tasks, but for example, you know, you and I are having our talk today. Well, in my calendar, I set out the specific block of time mm-hmm. that you and I would have. Right. And then the other things I have to do today, if it's going to take me a half hour, 50 minutes or an hour, I will block the time uh, in my calendar directly because that's realistic. You know, you can't you can make out this wonderful to do list. But when you start going at it during the day, there's no way you're going to finish it. And then, you know, that's why people can't enjoy those other eight hours, because they they couldn't they weren't realistic about what they could accomplish in a day. So, I mean, it may seem like a small thing, but that's made the biggest difference in my life. I've always lived by the calendar. And by the way, you also calendar the free time, you know, the breaks and all that good stuff. I am a huge lunch lover. Um, I'd like to take a break at lunch because I mean, I, I wish I could go eight hours straight. Some people can't like my dad, for example, my dad's a machine. He just, he likes to get to the office, you know, work his hours straight and then go home. I need to decompress a little bit, you know, so I like to take a little break at lunch, but you just schedule everything um, in, in your calendar. I mean, you don't have to be you know, anal about it that, you know, every by the minute, just generally. Um, and I think that that's been extremely helpful because it's realistic. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then also another thing that I love to do is before I go to bed is, is to just make sure that my calendar for the next day is all set out because that way you, you start the morning and, and you go right to it. You don't have to worry about preparing for the day or, or, or trying to figure out what you're going to do that day. You just get up and, and go right at it. So I think that efficient time management to me is important. Um, and then it goes back to our whole, our whole conversation is realizing or respecting that, you know, after those eight hours, that's it. Now, 
look, I, I there are times when I'm in my eight hours of fun and I come up with an idea or something. Uh, doesn't mean I'm going to ignore it. I, I, you know, I take the phone and I make a little note and I'm not going to forget it because it's worse to, to keep it in your mind. So sometimes, you know, work and life, uh, you know, intersect and that's fine. But to me, it's, it's good time management and making sure that you're very realistic about what you can do in a day, you know? Uh, and again, it all comes down also to what you do, because if you love what you do, it, it, it doesn't seem like work and it's easier to do. Um, and for those of the, uh, those of you out there listening that um, you may not be ex- extremely happy with your job or what you're doing. One of my favorite quotes, it was from Oprah Winfrey out of many, because I love her. I think she's one of the most incredible beings in our history, in our in civilization. I just think that highly of her. But she's got a saying that says, do what you must do until you can do what you want to do or something mm. like that. So, you know, if, if, if for your listeners, if somebody's stuck in a job that they're not completely happy with it, hey, give it your all and, you know, and stay at it until the opportunity for you to do what you want to do comes up. Um, and, and, it, and it will eventually. Uh, but, you know, you, you have to enjoy somehow what you're doing because it makes it more more bearable and that also brings that whole work life uh, balance makes it all a little bit easier uh and also at the end also you know give yourself a break uh, mm. don't stress out so much you know we're all human um cut yourself a little slack every now and then and if you do you'll, you'll be more efficient um and one huge one with which may not seem directly or to correlate with work-life balance is to read. I think mm. that you should read because the more you expand your mind, the more you learn, the easier it is for you to make sure that all the segments in your life are working. I'm a huge proponent of, of reading. Um, and I've learned a lot about how to live life, how to manage my time and all that by reading you know, a vast array of books because sometimes you know, you're reading a novel and you th- that you think it, you're not going to learn anything from it and you do. Uh, and sometimes you'll read a nonfiction book that you're expecting to learn a lot from and you don't. Um, so I think that the reading, to, to coin the phrase, is fundamental um, and it'll kind of put everything in balance for you And because we can't just watch TV all day. You know, you don't learn much from TV. I absolutely agree. I I think for so many reasons. I think I mean not only is it just um it's feeding feeding your your brain. Feeding your brain oh, the more the more knowledge that you have, the more you're able to be uh proactive in life. Right. The, right. And I and I think that 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 peace of mind knowing that you are you are more mentally and you are more mm-hmm. prepared to handle life. It, mm-hmm. it it works with that mental health, that mental space, our bandwidth, Absolutely. right? I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Life is going to throw curveballs at you, right? They're going to be they're going to be sure. things that you're just you're not going to see coming from from miles away. And and right. we're not we're not speaking about that, but we're just speaking about uh, doing your due diligence in yes. order to when we're looking at if we're just looking at your day as a calendar, right? Your due diligence mm-hmm. to make sure that you are prepared for that time frame right. that you've cut out for your right. day, whether that be um more mentally prepared, more physically prepared, whatever it is, right? You you have right. to do that due diligence and to Absolutely. provide yourself that knowledge. And also it gives you an opportunity to set yourself apart, especially if we're talking about those individuals yeah. that are, yeah. you know, in those jobs that, you know, they're just like this is not it. This is not it. Okay. 
right. this is where you are now. What are you right. doing to get to get to the next step tomorrow? Right. No and, it, and it all and it's all part of that package. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you you were talking about you know the curveballs that that life throws at us. Um, I've never you know I, I was I was saying that I I never learned anything when I was talking. I've also never learned anything when I win. Mm. I, all my wow lessons have, have <laughs> when I lose. Mm. You know when I get beat yeah, up. Yeah. Life gives me a sucker punch. But that's honestly that's that's when you truly learn. So if you get into that mentality and things, you know, get tough for a little bit, you know, and, and my, my grandfather, rest in peace, he, he had a great saying that, you know, this too shall pass or, hey, there's going to be skinny cows and there's going to be fat cows. It's fine. It's fine. Just just expect it, you know. Um, but now, you know, that I've gone through peaks and valleys, when things get a little rough, I actually say, okay, there's going to be something good come from this. I'm going to learn something from this. It's going to be positive. I just have to make sure that I, you know, that I keep the, sh- the, the ship on a straight course during the storm and all storms pass. You know, there's no storm except on, on one of the planets that there's a hurricane that's constant, but uh, thankfully not on we Earth. We don't live there. <laughs> no, no, exactly. All storms pass, you know, and the sunshine, it's going to come again. Um, but it's, and you're talking about your due diligence. It's how resilient you are, mm. you know, at guiding the ship through the storm and you don't give up. Um, that, uh, that, that makes a difference. Another thing is, you know, sometimes people, you see the storm coming, you know, and, and you kind of say, well, maybe it'll come, maybe it won't. Uh, I always use a Titanic analogy is, you know, the guy on the cross is saying iceberg, iceberg, iceberg. And the officers below are telling the musicians just to play louder. You know, that's not the way it should be. You, you know, if you see something, act act quickly. Don't let don't let the iceberg hit you. If, if you can avoid it, of course. Um, but if it does, take action. You know, and, and just deal with it, and and life goes on. Absolutely, absolutely. Art. Well, I just definitely wanted to give you an opportunity to share to our listeners where where you are in social media so they can connect to mm-hmm. you what else you have mm-hmm. in the future in the in the making sure. and then sure. after yeah so they they know how to connect to you no absolutely um you can go to my webpage it's rios r-i-o-s talks.com rios talks.com my email is on there and you can i i really love to get emails i know people say well this guy's got to be crazy and and i do get a lot but it's fine um and then on the web page there's a bunch of videos for free and all that good stuff um the book that's out now it's let's talk about making your life uh easier exciting and exceptional that you can buy on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can buy it through the website as well. Uh, there's another book coming out. It's called Small Talk, and nice. that one's completely well. The Small Talk one, it's I actually took a different spin than Let's Talk, and I just there it's a, a 180 um, sections, and it's just maybe a paragraph, and then expounding on it or a great quote, and then expounding on it a little bit, and then I threw in a bunch of. Um, jokes in there because it also has to be about laughter. So, um, so it's called small talk about living, laughing and learning. Um, but I'm really enthused about the, the, the new book I'm working on now. It's start enjoying life again. That one, hopefully I'm hoping will come out uh, by the end of the year. Um, and it, a lot of what you and I have been talking about today, it, it's in that book. 
Um, but if anything, my email is art at riostalks.com. I'd love to hear from people. Go to the website, riostalks.com. And like I said, the book, Let's Talk, you can find pretty much anywhere uh, that books are sold. There's an audio book. And I, I really actually, that's my favorite because it, I, I recorded it. Not that I'm in love with my voice. But <laughs> it's like we're having a conversation. It goes back to the whole, you know, let's let's have a, a let's have a talk. So I'd love to uh, to hear from your listeners. And uh, it, it makes my day, honestly, when I can strike up a conversation with a new friend. And like I say, I, I, I don't want to be anybody's guru, but I'd love to be everybody's friend. And this is how we get these conversations going. And I learn more from my readers than they do from me. I, I have no doubt about that. So God bless them and, and God bless you for what you're doing. You know, we, we need to get a positive message out. There's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, kindness is our default. And, I, and it's true. It, it really is. It's, it's just that people tend to forget it or, you know, or we get bombarded by the news with, with the negative. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of a lot of positive out there. Um, so thank you for the opportunity to to talk and happy to do it anytime. I've really enjoyed it. Well, I appreciate it. Well, I'm going to close out with my one favorite question sure. that I, I love to ask everyone is what is the one thing that you wish you would have known when you began your career or your journey? And what kind of advice do you have for people that are mm-hmm. currently in your position or when or when you started? I wish I would have read more when I was mm. younger um, and and not educated because I educated myself. Um, I wish I would have read more. I wish I would have listened more. And this one may surprise you. I wish I would have loved more. Mm. Yeah. Not that I've hated anyone, oh, but, yeah. but loved uh, romantically. Sure. Yeah. That, but just in general, and it's not because again, I've because I've never hated anyone in my life. But when I say what I wish I would have loved more is people that I'm not in contact with every day now. You know, I wish I I would have loved the time I spent with them more. I wish I I would have shown them my love more or or my you know my regard for them. Um, but the good thing is that those three things that I've mentioned. It's not too late. Yeah. So I can, so I can read a lot today. I'm, I I learned from you today and I can love a lot today. Um, but if you ask me going back, what would I tell my younger self is I would have told myself those three things. And then as a little footnote, uh, save a little money. Don't spend so much. Because <laughs> I tend to be a little, I tend to be a little loose in that department, but, but that's all right. You know, I've, I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it, but those, I would tell you that those are things. And if anything, just just love a lot and and life takes care of itself. Wow. Art, it's been an absolute pleasure having right. you on the uh, on this episode. And, I, and I'm and i hoping this is the beginning of oh, a relationship. And this is just no, so yeah, fun. Your energy. And I'm looking forward to just looking at the journey, the growth, and, uh, you know, how your books grow within, because uh, it, it needs to be heard and it needs to be read. And right. I will definitely be a s- subscriber and no, uh, joining joining the uh, hashtag happy hour population. It's been a pleasure. And thank you so much for no, your time. Thank Art. you for having me. And I would love to come back anytime. And to all your readers, stay happy and healthy. Thank you so much. All righty. Thank you so much. As always, 
Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and listening to On The Bounce. If you would like to read more on the topics discussed in today's episode, I have included the links to the research I have referenced in the episode description. Please feel free to share your thoughts and leave a comment. And as always, see you next time.